Weekly Dynasty Podcast. We are here with your hosts, Dave Reed, Ryan Wilkinson, and Joey Gallo. And special guest. Welcome in to the NSFW Dynasty Podcast. You may have heard in the intro, this is a little new. We have a special guest, but before we get into that, I'm your host, Dave Reed, joined by my co-host, Ryan Wilkinson and Joey Gallo. How you doing, guys? Hey, everyone. And uh, yes, we have a special guest today. Uh, we'd like to welcome in one of our own league mates. Uh, he's also the individual who had far away, I think he had like 60% of the trades in our startup draft and still trading, uh, and you'll, we'll get to that later, in the regular season. He's also the brother-in-law of one of our co-hosts here, so no nepotism on this pod, but I'd like to welcome in Michael Schluter. Hey, thanks, guys. Been excited all day. Can't wait to talk some football. That's right, and loving the raving gear, and, and if you're, you're watching this on video, which hopefully we get on our TikToks, uh, his whole room is painted raven's purple, basically. That's <laughs> that is commitment. He's provided us with a lot of content this year, so uh, Dave had to get him on the pod. That is for sure. I, honestly, probably the most of anyone. Him and Scott, basically. <laughs> The most most trades, but yeah, I mean, we got a lot on the spot today. We have a rookie redo draft, so we're going to redo uh, the rookie draft based on what we know now about uh, these players and their situations. Um, run through what else happened in week eight, but also as we do whenever we bring any special guest on our pod, which we've only done once before, so I can still say always, um, we're going to do a DraftKings uh, lineup battle, four way battle. Um, I am the undefeated champ. One and zero. Joe is the biggest loser so far, but I'm, I'm expecting a big, big rebound from him. But we'll see how many of the podcasters Schluter can take out. Um, and actually, I, we didn't mention. Uh, would we like to wager on this uh, DK battle again? I'm always I down. I know Schluter's yeah. down. Oh, I'm always, always. Down. Throw, throw dollar value. At it. It's on record. Let's get it on record. Twenty again? More? Yeah, we could stick with the twenty. All right, we'll stick with twenty. Winner takes all. Twenty buy-in. I love it. Stakes are high here, boys. But before we get into that, we did have another week of football in Week Eight, um, the final week of October, because we are now in November. But there were a lot of unfortunate injuries, mainly to the quarterback position, which was pretty interesting and devastated. I'm sure a lot of lineups. Uh, but the first one that is most devastating of all is Kirk Cousin. He tore his Achilles, uh, and he is out for the year. This is also the last year of his contract, so his future's a bit up in the air. I mean, already kind of was. We The Vikings seem to want to move on from him, so obviously a lot of repercussions in Minnesota. But they also already traded for Dobbs out of Arizona, who's having a solid year as hopefully a uh, stopgap. But for this week, it's going to be Jaron Hall. Um, we got also Matthew Stafford sprained his, the UCL in his thumb, he is currently day to day. Ripen, I think, is how you pronounce his name. Got in there points throughout the game. Stafford did get back in, but it is something to watch. He may not be able to go this week. Kenny Pickett hurt his ribs, um, and Trubisky, Mitch Mitchell, uh, the Mitchell, got in. But uh, it does sound like Pickett is going to uh, make sure he plays somehow on Thursday night football. So we'll see. Ty God, my or Ty Rod. Taylor, um, he was uh, playing, starting for the Giants again, but the guy seems to have issues with his ribs always. I feel like that's what happened last time he was playing. He ended up having to go to the hospital. 
uh, Tommy DeVito of Syracuse fame. I, I know we got some Syracuse fans on this pod, so we all knew that. That other people, who's this guy? We're like, it's our man. Um, <laughs> he did not look great. Um, <laughs> Wasn't great. Wasn't great. Was not not a great showing. Uh, we'll get it. It was really bad. Um, but uh, I think it, it was so bad actually that uh, after the game, Dan Jones magically is now healed and was clear for contact and will be playing this week. Um, Desmond Ritter went into concussion protocol and Heineke came in and then Ritter was cleared and Heineke stayed in, and now Heineke is also the starter for week nine. So very interested to see what's going on in uh, in Atlanta. I personally have always been a Heineke fan. Uh, he kind of slings it, which will be interesting to see how that goes in Atlanta for the Falcons. Drake in London, though, one of his main targets, uh, did lead the game with a groin injury, and uh, not sure if he's going to play this week. It's still something that we got to keep an eye on. So could be a big uh, tight end target game for, uh, for Heineke there. Darren Waller left with a hamstring, was ruled out pretty early, just making that game even uglier. Um, and it got an update today that it actually might be a multi-week uh, injury. So that that's a big blow to the tight end position. Kendrick Bourne uh, was getting an MRI on his, I think it was his MCL, and it turned out he tore his ACL. So he's out for the year and was having a pretty under-the-radar solid season. Devontae Parker also left with a concussion. Not that anything in – New England really matters. That team is a disaster. Um, Curtis Samuel left with a foot-toe injury. He's getting more tests. Did open up some uh, targets for other wide receivers there, which well, I'm sure we'll talk about. Dotson finally showed up. Travis Etienne had an ankle injury, he was, but he did get back in and do, does what Etienne does, does, and that is scored uh, touchdowns. And finally, Josh Palmer uh, had a knee injury. Um, he did get, get back in there, but it, we, we'll see how that progresses as the wide receiver corp is there is getting pretty thin but what are some of your guys thoughts on these injuries it'll be interesting to see uh i'm sorry <laughs> be, interesting to, be interesting to see how the atlanta offense looks if L- drake london doesn't play um does kyle pitts finally get kind of unleashed or does it open up the opportunity for someone like mac collins who honestly has been looking half decent but <clears throat> It's Juno. Desmond Desmond Ritter stinks. Juno Smith is going to be the guy. I need him to yeah. be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But we'll see uh, how that offense looks uh, in the absence of Desmond Ritter and with Heineke at quarterback. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's convenient that Daniel Jones was just cleared for contact. It actually kind of stunk that Tyrod Taylor went out because the Giants would have won that game. Yep. He didn't go out, uh, and he was playing well. If you look at, like, the, the metrics for all of Tyrod, like Tyrod Taylor's games over the last, I don't know how many years of his career relative to Daniel Jones. And I think you could, you could make a strong case that Tyrod is an objectively better quarterback, but uh, it'll be nice to, to see. Yeah. Weak ribs. Yeah. Weak. <laughs> <is> weak ribs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I feel like the, the list just gets longer every week. Um, there's always some crazy injuries, but Kirk Cousins obviously hurts. I think it's interesting there. There was always some back and forth. If you were doing a startup dynasty draft, if you should take Chase over Justin Jefferson, just because Justin Jefferson was tied to Kirk Cousins and we all knew he only had a year or two left. And, you know, um, Jamar Chase was tied to Joe Burrow for the foreseeable future. So we're going to get an early look at uh, how that offense does without Kirk Cousins. Um, But, you know, Jamar Chase might 
potentially be the dynasty wide receiver one now going forward. And then uh, Stafford, you know, how does that impact Puka, who has been on fire and Cup also there? Uh, just a lot of interesting injuries to the quarterback position. Um, and then, you know, like you said, Dave, Tyrod Taylor went out and we got a, a nice glimpse of some Syracuse fame, but uh, DeVito did not look great. I think he completed two passes for negative yardage and, yeah. uh, you know, it, it doesn't look like he'll be playing again. So, yeah, those are, those are not metrics that we're going to want to bring up again um, at all. But yeah, no, that the cousins injury. Yeah. It, I mean, I was already on the fan. I was leaning, I think the chase side um, because of that quarterback situation. Uh, you do hope they get, they get an improvement over their current situation neck, like in the off season, but it also stinks for Addison who is like really showing up um, in Jefferson's absence. So um, it seemed like that was cousins was really developing something there. So that, that really stinks to see a, a young rookie who was like clearly ascending kind of get uh, some water thrown on his fire. So yeah, it's definitely. That, stinks. Uh, so that Drake London injury, what Joey said, you know, I really feel bad for is the pits owners. You know why? Because it's yep. giving them that much more hope. <laughs> Pitts is going to come around and get all those targets. You know, they're getting that little bit of hope just to crush them again. So, yeah. Or even if he does out. and he gets a bunch of targets, as soon as Drake London comes back, he, those targets yeah. are going away. So I really feel bad for the Pitts owners on that one. They're Yeah, you can't bench Pitts. <laughs> yeah, you can't. Spoiler alert, I actually, in the first draft of my DraftKings lineup, uh, this afternoon, I actually had Kyle Pitts in there on the hope of Heineke and no London. I'm like, you know what? I'm buying it. I'm going Pitts. And then 10 yeah. minutes before the pot, I swapped him out. Yeah. It's it's funny. Pitts, you always get excited at first. Like, all right, I got – and then when you actually have to, like, rely on him, you're like, I'm sick. I don't like this. <laughs> I don't want to have to rely on him. Yeah, um, the, the numbers just don't go anywhere. You just see the two and the three. And then uh, finally four points, and you're excited. That's what's sad. Yeah. I know. I am excited to see Heineke, though. I think in the startup draft, I think, uh, Ryan, you drafted him, and he was someone I was actually – as I was excited about because I thought he, he had a path to starting because I didn't think Ritter was that was that good. And Heineke, when he was in Washington, he slings it. Uh, he can have a big game. So he he can definitely – I mean, Ritter was throwing more than I was expecting, but I, I do think he can uh, bring some excitement to the receiving uh, options in, uh, in Atlanta. So we'll see. But other than that, there was uh, what are some positives or any other uh, non-injury related takeaways that you guys have from week eight? Well, sticking with quarterbacks, I feel like we have to talk about Will Levis threw for four touchdowns, kind of out of nowhere. Um, yes, you know, I, know. <laughs> I think I think he did go in the first round in our initial rookie draft, but I think we all kind of were questioning that pick. But uh, yeah. after that game, it's kind of validated four touchdowns. Um, you know, going to get a shot and looked pretty good. Yeah, I mean, he was thrown down to my to my boy Hopkins for three bombs there. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I uh, I'm out. I was out on Will Levis. Uh, now I have to actually watch and see if I was right or not. It was one game. Uh, we we do see people flash when people are prepared, but it's hard to argue with those type of early season results there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, for me. It's interesting to see kind of the fantasy impact of the 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 Cowboys and how uh, it's basically all through the air right now. And, you know, squeaky wheel gets the grease. And I think, 
you know, I think they realized that they needed to get CD Lamb involved more, maybe two or three weeks ago. And ever since then, he's just been obviously, you know, a feature in the offense. And Tony Pollard has not looked great, uh, basically, for the last six or seven weeks at this point. And on the flip side, um, you know, it's like the opposite in Jacksonville, where um, Trevor Lawrence is not playing terribly, but his fantasy value is is being severely impact, impacted by, you know, like we've discussed many times, um, the, the fact that the offense is running entirely through Travis Etienne. So I think for right now, and again, not to spoil, but I think this is a, a, a sneak peek into how my, uh, my DraftKings lineup is going to look later. Um, I'm in on the Cowboys passing passing attack right now. I think that uh, Dak's looking okay, and they're not really getting too much effectiveness from from uh, the ground game. So it's kind of wheels up for CD Lamb. You know, I love that. Um, but it, yeah, it is very interesting, especially all offseason. They just talked about running the ball, and they're like, we're not good at it. Um, and our best player is CD Lamb, so they're just going to run the offense through him. Um, Another quarterback as well that came back, and I know it's, I'm bringing this one up because we were talking about last pod, is Joe Burrow. He looks like he's back. Uh, that was the thing we were very interested. He was on the bye last week, but he looked healthy. He, he had a couple of like runs. That I think he threw three touchdowns, so that was, that was a big performance there. Uh, there was the battle of the two top picks uh, in Bryce Young versus C.J. Stroud. Uh, the Panthers got their first win, and Bryce looked the best he's had all year. I wouldn't say I'm like, enamored with the performance but he, he it is good to see the young quarterback uh growing in his role but no one is touching sam howell who was the qb1 uh and anytime sam howell does really well i'm going to talk about it because uh, i love the man i've been in on him and he's been i think he's qb8 on the air i mean he's been great he's had a couple bad weeks but a lot of big ones but he finally got Jahan dotson involved and that's really what i want to talk about he had 10 targets um it's they're your first round pick for a wide receiver finally getting him involved. It's a crazy concept, but uh, seemed to work there. Um, and then another one dear to my heart, Javante Williams got wasn't always the most efficient. He had twenty seven rushes for eighty five yards, but twenty seven rushes, uh, and he also scored his first touchdown through the air. So he finally might be rounding back into form uh, that we were hoping he would from injury. Yeah, I think the thing with Javante Williams is that he just finally got the volume. I was looking, I think that was almost like double the amount of carries he's received up to this point in any game. So if he keeps getting that type of volume, then he probably will produce, but he just hasn't had that through the first seven weeks. So we'll see if he keeps getting that many attempts going forward. And then yeah, uh, Dotson, obviously 10 targets, you know, maybe some of that had to do with Curtis Samuel going down. And uh, I don't know if he's officially out or not this week. We'll see, but um Good to see him get the 10 targets, and you know, hope, hopefully, he's now back. Yeah, he had a bunch of targets last week, too. And you know, he was struggling with drops and all this other nonsense. It was it was a lack of targets, but also he just didn't really seem very confident for the first half of the season. Well, when you're the holder uh, of a football instead of catcher, I think that gets in your head. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it really seems like he's uh, kind of turning a corner. And and I know you mentioned Bryce Young. I think I saw something when I was. Uh, trying to decide who to wager on going into this week. Um, <laughs> ended up wagering on Carolina. I heard something on a, on a podcast where they, they kind of said that there's a, a, a strong history of rookie quarterbacks post or following the bye. 
making kind of like a, a, you know, a material leap in QBR and what have you. So uh, it was good to see from Bryce Young. I'm sure that Harry and Dan were maybe, maybe now not completely convinced that they had a, a dud with their, with their first round rookie pick last year and uh, still not looking great, but it's, it's good to see him uh, get serviceable. Yeah. 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 And, and also with the Bryce Young, I think uh, coming out of the bye uh, as well, they changed the play calling duties. I think Frank Wright is the coach there. He was calling the offensive calls, uh, the plays. That changed. He's no longer making those uh, calls. And it was interesting to see what that would, would do. And it seemed to be uh, more confident throws to Bryce Young, but also his depth of target increased a bit. Um, which obviously for fantasy you want to see that, but it, it made it seem like he was a lot more comfortable in the offense there. So that was good to see. Um, who's not looking comfortable right now is Purdy and the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, no idea what's going on with that team right now. Uh, they looked literally unstoppable, and wheels have fallen off. i not concerned long-term, but it's it's crazy in the NFL to see a team. I remember this was when the Rams back in the day, like early golf, they looked like no one could – touch them and then all of a sudden they start losing a few so nfl teams are smart they start figuring things out so that was kind of crazy to see um and also we can't go without saying the raiders just cleared house uh to, i think was it today or yesterday they got rid of overnight maybe got rid of uh their coach gm uh oc benched their quarterback it is a disaster in vegas right now yeah and quite frankly um i'm not necessarily sure that aiden o'connell is the answer either but He's not. Yeah. I, mean, I, don't think, I don't think anyone thinks he is. I, I guess he kind of got <laughs> what you have. He did play well in preseason. He does kind of sling the ball around a little bit more. So he's, maybe a situation where so Devontae Adams went in there and was like, yeah, you got to do something, guys. Like, let's just throw something at the wall and see if it sticks. You also know uh, Aiden O'Connell is not going to say no to Devontae Adams when he's like, throw me the ball every play. It's like, whatever you want, Mr. Adams. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I thought about that for the DK lineup. I was like, well, I feel like Adams is going to get a ton of targets, but are yeah. they going to be good targets? Uh, I don't know. We'll see. You got you got to feel for Devontae. That guy just got the rug ripped out from under him. Man, what a disaster. But... Looking into uh, mistakes made or, or positive picks, let's uh, roll into our rookie redo draft. So just a little reminder of how this is going to work. Uh, our league settings are we're a super flex tight end premium league. So that's going to be the scoring settings that we keep in mind for this uh, draft. And now when we're drafting, this is not going to be team dependent. We're just going based on who we think uh, is the best value at that point in the, in the draft. Um, we're just going to take a turn taking a pick. So... Um, we'll get into the draft in a second, but we'll go in order, uh, four picks in a row, and then we'll go back to the top for the drafter there. But we're going to only do the first two rounds, um, and there's 12 picks per round, so we're going to do 24 picks total, which I think come out to about six picks each. Um, before we get in there, any any questions, guys? No, I'm ready. Let me get that oh, first pick. Yeah, that's right. So with the first pick, the order that we're going to go, Ryan, we, I let him go first, mainly because uh, Ryan didn't pick in the first round of the rookie draft. He didn't get the pick in the second round, so this is the first time doing that. He also barely picked in the third round. He was the last pick in the third round. So this guy was deprived of rookie picks. Uh, and the ones he did make, I don't think you're going to hear about today. So uh, I wanted to give him that chance. And then after that, it'll be Schluter, then Joey, and myself. And then we'll go back to Ryan at the top there. But with that, Ryan, 
you're on the clock, man. First pick <laughs> overall. Let's hear it. Yeah, it's nice to uh, be able to pick in the first two rounds for sure. I know. Uh, and just a reminder, uh, with the first pick uh, in our draft, this was Bijan Robinson. So, Yeah, yeah. and – it wasn't as easy as I think it was when we had the rookie draft, but I did still go with Bijan Robinson. He looks electric when he has the ball. He's RB 13 on the year. He really only had one down game in week seven, and that apparently was to an illness. He like didn't really play. Um, and he's averaging like 13 fantasy points a week if you exclude that week. So, you know, you're, you were expecting a bit more, but it's really solid production. Future is still very bright. Um, you know, he's done this with Ritter at QB and now Heineke is taking over. So maybe that even helps him out a little more. Um, but everyone compares him to Barkley, who's now in his fifth year with, you know, tons of carries the last couple of games. So if he stays at that level, he'll be elite. I still think you got to go with him first overall. Yeah, I agree. Joe, this was your pick. How do you feel about it? Yeah, you know. I, I, somebody who's a little bit disappointed in B. John's production this year, my, my, my natural inclination was to kind of be like, eh, let's, you know, maybe go quarterback, but I agree, right? If, if, if I was put in that spot and needed to make the pick again, I would pick B. John and hope that Arthur Smith gets strapped on a rocket to the moon. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, I mean, he just seems like this also the safest pick there too. Um, and like you're you're getting top end production, and and a lot of times when for me when I'm picking at the top, you want a, some something that you know is not going to bust on you, and Bijan's not busting, so I, I think he's still deserving of the one on one. It's every week, yeah, and he looks good. With uh, the next pick, we got Schluter uh, in our draft. This was actually myself, it was, and it was Anthony Richardson uh, at number two. So where are you going with it? So Anthony Richardson would be a great pick. Bijan would be a great pick, but I still would take this guy first overall, and that's CJ. Because look at him. He he had one down week. He's a rookie taking care of the ball. His first, what, three, four weeks, he had three bad linemen, four out of five linemen, so his linemen are there. He's still done it with injured wide receivers. You know, he's still getting it, and he's taking care of the ball. What more could you ask from a rookie? And uh, run game there is horrific. So if they get the run game going, it opens up. I think he's the game's going to slow down for him. He's going to be even better. Wide receivers get healthy, get a little run game. You know, I think he's going to be better than Richardson. Bijan, numbers are down. they got to figure out their QB system. So I think CJ's just solid, you know, from here on out. So I'm going, I'm going CJ. Yeah, I actually like it. And, you know, knowing what we know now, Richardson's now, you know, missing the year as well. And who knows how he comes back from injury. I did have C.J. Stroud at, at number two or maybe three on my list, but he also only has one interception on the year to nine touchdowns, so he's looked pretty good. He's looked good. He's showing a lot of good leadership and maturity. He sounds good in his you know interviews, and it seems like he's he's the package. I, I also, I mean, not for nothing, I'm maybe a little biased because I thought he should have won the Heisman Trophy last year, but I thought he was uh, showed a little bit more in college than, than Bryce Young. I mean, a lot of that people chalked up to Ohio State having just like an, an NFL caliber offensive line. But, you know, he's behind a a, a pretty bad one right low now. average <laughs> yeah. caliber offensive line right now, and he's doing just fine. So I like it. I was actually – I was anticipating that Richardson was going to 
go second. So I'm thinking, well, it'll be a layup here to go to Stroud <laughs> at, at three. Um, but yeah, I mean, honestly, he's more of a pocket passer. And like Ryan said, Richardson's already like, not only has he missed time with the concussion, then he took, then he obviously he's, uh, suffered like a, a season ending shoulder. Like it's just Russian quarterbacks. And especially like he was, he was like rushing pretty violently. He's a big guy. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if these type of things are something he faces throughout his career. Yeah. Honestly, I, for me, the two and three split difference. I, uh, I had Stroud at three for myself. Uh, he's looked great. There's no question about it. And I think he he's easily set up to have uh, the longest uh, longevity is on his side, the longest career, potentially any of the quarterbacks. The only reason myself I'd give Anthony Richardson uh, the leg up is purely from a fantasy standpoint. I think Richardson's ceiling's higher. He'll win you championships. I don't know if Stroud has the the ceiling to really really get you there to win you, but at the same time, like he, I still think he's going to be a back end at worst back end QB one, um, and could have blow up games. It's just I, I always go for the ceiling plays, but again, that is splitting hairs there. Um, and I think Stroud is probably safer as we've already seen based on this year with injuries. So I like the pick. But moving on to number three, this was uh, Bryce Young uh, at number three. I'm going to guess that's not the pick right now, but uh, Joe, this, the clock's on for you now. Yeah, that's not going to be the pick. Unfortunately. <laughs> um, yeah, so I will take Anthony Richardson here. Um, I, again, just kind of, I, I share your opinion, Dave, when it comes to Richardson, where if I was choosing who I would prefer to be quarterback for for the Giants, I would, in a second, choose Stroud. If I was yep. choosing who I would want to be quarterback for my fantasy team, I'd probably choose Richardson. He had two games of 10 plus rushing attempts, four touchdowns in three games to start the season. He actually looked competent passing the ball too. The Colts were winning games. So I do think the rushing upside is, uh, is pretty strong there. And yeah, I mean, if he can stay healthy, he'll, he'll do a lot of good things. No argument for me, uh, as you know, <laughs> uh, it will be interesting to see, uh, just where, you know, we talk about Bryce Young and not to, you know, where he goes make too many more jokes at at harry's expense but it'll be inter- it'll be interesting to see exactly how far he slides i'm curious there are a couple of names on uh that go in the first round i'm interested to see where they fall so and again we're tracking to see uh the difference in these picks as we make them so cc stroud made a uh, a two spot leap because he was at 104 which is where i'm going to be drafting so cc stroud went fourth um the, sh- the young slide is going to continue. Um, so I'm actually torn between two players here. Um, and the difference for me is whoever I think has the, the, the higher potential for uh, avoiding injury or having uh, a longer career. And for me, that means I'm going to lean Jameer Gibbs um, at number four. He, I mean, he just had his first game this past week showing out, getting all the work. Granted, Montgomery was not playing yet. But you started seeing that explosiveness really take uh, shine, and he could be a game breaker there. Um, and he can handle a, a decent workload. He is a little bit smaller than you'd want your future back to be, and I don't think he'll ever be a true future back. But you've also seen games with him having like double-digit targets already, um, and that's kind of what you were hoping. They they spent most the twelfth overall pick on him, um, and I think Gibbs can be a uh, someone who can definitely win a title for you. So that's a uh, uh, that's why I'm leaning Gibbs, but. Um, 
I'll, I'll withhold who I was thinking with my other pick until he gets selected, but I'm curious to see where you guys will go with the guy who I was, uh, you know, split between on this one. Yeah, I mean, I think Gibbs makes sense. Really, the only thing that holds him back from someone like Robinson is that Montgomery is there, um, but we've seen what he can do without him, so, you know, obviously a solid pick. Yeah. Um, yeah, this, this next pick is tough. Honestly, I think, uh, there's a a couple guys on my mind and it kind of comes down to what position I really want to go with. And this is the fifth pick, which was Jumeir Gibbs in our our rookie draft. So it is tough. It's tough. I'm going to, this could be a little biased because I don't really have one, um, in our league. But I'm actually going to quarterback, right? No, 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 no. We just don't have a tight end. <laughs> uh, I, I'm going to go Sam Laporta. I mean, oh, he yeah. uh, he's breaking records. He's tight end number three on the year already. I just feel like he's already jumped into that Kelsey Andrews Hawkinson tier. Uh, and we are in a tight end premium league. Um, you know, I looking at the list, Dalton Kincaid went at 11 in our startup draft. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm going with him. I know it's a huge jump up, but I think he's proved it and he's really been producing game after game. Goff looks good. And you know, there are other weapons on that team and he's still producing. Uh, I don't, so this is the biggest jump from the rookie redraft. It was 16 slots. I actually had him at eight for me. So he was not getting past my next pick. He, I, so I don't think here at five, that's too much of a reach in my opinion, especially in the tight end premium, but curious to see what, uh, what our other co-hosts think of this and our special guest. Yeah. For me personally, um, I would have, I think I would have taken maybe two guys, two or actually three guys definitively. Well, yeah three guys definitively before him, which puts him at one, two, three, four, eight. eight. I think we're probably thinking about the same guys. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't, I, I wouldn't necessarily like if we were actually doing this draft right now. I wouldn't blame you for making the pick though, because quite frankly, um, depending on need, if I had a team where I actually was kind of deep at wide receiver, I would have absolutely no issue taking the board here. Uh, he looks awesome. And he's got, he kind of looks like Gronk out there. Like, I can't be the only one who feels that way, but I just kind of feel like he reminds me of Gronk, the way he just kind of, like, is, like, huge and actually really quick and just kind of, like, flattens guys over the middle. It's uh, it's cool. Yep, that's just what I was going to say. I was going to say the eye test. He meets it. He looks good. He's fluid. He finds the gap. He looks like he knows what he's doing, especially for a rookie. They say tight ends are slower to, the, you know, to come into the NFL. He's just – he looks good. You, Great. You, you never yep. see a team lean this uh, no. lean this much on a rookie tight end. It's crazy. No. That was going to be my pick, right? It was a great pick. Well, the next pick then, at the sixth overall pick, <laughs> yes. leads us with Schluter then. Uh, <laughs> well, this was JSN. Uh, this was, I think, also Schluter. Was this your pick as well? This was my first uh, so pick, yeah. you get to potentially redo it or, or take the guy again. We'll see what happens. You know, being my first year dynasty, I'm starting to realize how valuable quarterbacks really are. Even if you have too many of them, that's just a lot of value sitting there on your bench. You could get whoever you want late in the season. So I'm going to go with Bryce Young because right. somebody's going to need him at some time, and he's just sitting there waiting for a couple first-round picks or a running back if I need him, you know. So I'm going Bryce Young. Nothing 
nothing too good to say about his performance, but <laughs> the slide ends. He's value. He's value on my bench for you know coming into it. Yeah, I, I actually don't think it's a bad pick. I think a lot of people are on him, but it's pretty rare for rookie QBs to make like a huge fantasy impact right away. And I feel like with Richardson and Stroud kind of doing that, Young has been sort of written off compared to them. But we've seen a lot of turnover at the QB position this year already, and he's the clear starter in Carolina. You know, you should get to uh, improve all year long um, and like you said, in a super flex league, quarterbacks are super valuable. We've seen how quickly a quarterback situation can change. So he's got a lot of value, I think. Yeah. I mean, he's been improving each week, which I think is the, the positive thing to see. When he started out, he kind of looked like a deer in headlights. But the past two games he's played, actually, you've seen some major improvements. So, uh, yeah, I mean, that's all you want from a rookie quarterback. We've obviously – we get spoiled when we see other rookies like come out and are game ready. Uh, and it kind of makes you overestimate or underestimate how difficult that position is in the transition from college. So uh, I, I still think that's a solid pick. And, yeah, and Superflex, obviously, the value is there. But moving over, I think this was an also a Schluter pick back in the original draft. Uh, the seventh pick was Zay Flowers, but now it's Joey Gallo's pick. Yeah, so for me here, it's between two guys. It's a tough call. Um and I'm going to actually make a similar case against uh, picking this guy that, that Dave made when he took Jameer Gibbs. I, I'm, I'm between two guys, and I think roster, all else equal. I'm going to take Jackson Smith and Jigba because I think that from a longevity standpoint, he will be an asset a lot longer than uh, this other guy that I was looking at. And look, I mean, we could all be like severely eating crow if uh, this this other guy, which, I mean, to me, Dave's going to take him next, so it's Devon A-Chain for sure. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he keeps up on this ridiculous pace of, uh, you know, scoring a touchdown once every four times he touches the ball or whatever it is, then, you know, even if he only plays if – even if he only, like, sustains that explosiveness for two or three years, it's going to be an incredible two or three years, but – I think I liked what I see from JSN, even as a third option in that offense, the times where he has the opportunity uh, as a top two option, he looks great. He scored the last two weeks and, you know, I think if his situation was different, he would be putting up some serious numbers right now. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. And Lockett's, is he gone after this year? The last year he's he is this is the last year David I think it's, I think it's the last year of his contract uh who knows if he's gone yet obviously like I th- still think he's a productive wide receiver um but like even they bring him back the pecking order may change um but yeah I mean you you do expect Jason obviously his role has already started to increase uh that's only going to continue uh especially going to next year so I mean I love JSN as well uh that's what I like to hear yeah I mean, you know it, Schluter. I've been trying to get him. Um, yeah. Not probably going to happen. But that is it. that is someone who that was. I was five and six. If you didn't, if you picked the other uh, HN, I would have gone JSN too, Joe. So I like the pick there. Yeah, I just feel like um, the longevity is a concern. If if I was a team, it's, it's the same situation with Laporta, right? Like if I was in, if I was on a team where I really needed a running back and I was set at wide receiver, then. I'd have absolutely no problem going A-chain there. So, But all else equal, 
I I like Jason. And I think he would be a buy at this point in Dynasty if you can get an owner who's you know, maybe a little impatient or, I mean, I don't know, maybe. Maybe, an, maybe an owner that just likes to trade, you know? He's like the only guy. There's two guys, basically, that uh, Schluter is not allowing to, to trade, and it's the two rookie wide receivers that he drafted. Um, so I mean, I know, like, I know that he's the first wide receiver off the board in this draft, which says a lot. Uh, it, but it's, it sounds there. Like he, and like, that's why he was the first in the NFL draft. The seventh pick, though, like that's kind of why it like seems a little bit like a buy to me because I'm just like, all right, between the four of us, we just took, we just drafted six other guys before him. So maybe, just maybe, I'm not saying it's you, Schluter, but you know, if there's somebody out there in your other leagues, dynasty leagues, who are maybe, maybe persuaded I mean, to give him up for less than you know fair value. Yeah, I mean, I heard people trade away Alave for less too, so it's, <laughs> it's possible. Yeah, and and with JSN, like we mentioned, he, he he's off the board here at seven. There's four wide receivers, in my opinion, that are all kind of vying for that top rookie wide receiver, and it's all splitting hairs, and it depends on like kind of how you view what what you view is the most valuable trait. Like JSN has not shown it yet. Uh, there have certainly been other rookie wide receivers who have looked better so far. Um, and some of them, like their situations have kind of turned, like Addison has looked much better, but his situation is rough now. Like you, you don't know where you can get there. Puka has looked incredible, but situation who like, I, I don't know now, like Stafford's already hurt and he's older and he still has cup there. And then even Zay Flowers, like it will, we'll, I'm sure we'll get into these picks and it'll be interesting to see their order. But like Zay Flowers is the fourth one, in my opinion, as well vying for the top spot. He's title Lamar, but he hasn't shown the true alpha yet on that team he gets targets but they're not the deep targets that you want to see out of your uh high-end pick so like what's his ceiling really there but it's super safe floor and super safe situation so uh i think you can pick put those four in any order and i don't think i'd argue at all um we'll see where they land here and we're gonna have to wait because at number eight i'm not going wide receiver as joey alluded to uh i'm going devon achan uh at the and during our draft this is where quinnon johnson went who is the next player i think we're going to witness a slide on um but devon Achan, like we talked about it. the guy ever like i think what was he averaging over 12 yards per touch like on the uh, rushing it's it's absolutely crazy he's game breaker town um and he's in the perfect perfect system for him um in in miami and his competition right now is Moster, who is, I think, 31, which is crazy in itself that he's as productive as he is right now in that system. Uh, but you got to imagine he's going to be leaving soon. They don't trust really anyone else on the ground in Miami right now, even with HN on IR. Like, it hasn't really been, what is it, uh, Salil Ahmed? I don't even remember the guy's name. And then uh, Jeff Wilson hasn't really been getting the touches that we thought he would. So when Devon comes back, I expect him to continue to blow up. And he's, in my opinion, a top like a top 10 easy dynasty running back and has absolute game-breaking uh, talent. So I think he gets bumped up here in uh, the rookie redo draft. Yeah, I, I had him high on my list as well. I think for every reason you said Moser is old, he shouldn't be there too much longer and there's no one else. But does the knee injury already give you any concern? Because it's literally his first year. We've seen how many injuries happen at the running back position. He's already out till... I think they said at least week 11 no concern there long term no myself no um i mean he's smaller which is why i went gibbs in the first pick uh for sure 
he, I mean, they're also going to be safe with him. They have the bye to week 10, which is kind of why it got extended to, to week 11. Um, but again, that's also the risk of uh, running backs. But it did, this isn't like a long-term injury. Like people get nicked up here and there. Uh, I mean, Montgomery's been on and off in Detroit all season long. No one seems to care about that. And so I'm not overly concerned, but the size that the fact that he is smaller and could get hurt more, which is, is the only reason I went Gibbs over him. But when you have a talent that electric, um, I, I think that kind of, uh, over overpowers the, the fear of the health, in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, with, with, you're here for a good time, not a long time. Yeah. That's pretty much- <laughs> <laughs> but. Yeah. But, uh, moving on to the ninth pick, um, Back to Rye Dogs here. This is where Jordan Addison went during our rookie draft. Yeah, and I'm going to go wide receiver. But uh, as Dave already kind of touched on, I feel like it's a really hard pick. I had an order, but like Dave said, Puka's now, you know, dealing with Stafford having a, a injury. Who knows what happens there? Jordan Addison probably would have been my pick, but now Kirk's gone. Who knows what's going on with the quarterback situation there? So I'm actually going to skip both of them, and I'm going to go with Zay Flowers. Wow. Um, yeah, Schluter's going to love that pick. Um, <laughs> <laughs> bit of an up-and-down year. I don't think he's had any like real monster game, but he's pretty much the wide receiver one there. Obviously, Mark Andrews um, is kind of the wide receiver one there, but should have a huge role, and he's tied to Lamar Jackson. So you have to feel at least comfortable with his future uh, on the Ravens. And – like we said, some of the other receivers that you could take here, the, the future is just a little more up in the air. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, my argument was just he looks good. I watch every game pretty intensely, and finally the Ravens drafted a first-round wide receiver that's, you know, just getting looks, getting targets, actually catching the ball, you know. They call him Joystick. He's moving back and forth. He's actually making people miss. Hollywood didn't do that. Hollywood Brown, he kind of, I don't know, at Baltimore, he kind of caught the ball and, dove to the ground or bought the, you know, he never really made a guy miss, you know, Zay Flowers is actually exciting to watch and maybe it's a new offensive coordinator, you know, he's spreading the ball out a little bit more, but my only net, my, my only, you know, they, they spread the ball out a lot. You know, Lamar's throwing it to a lot of people. He's got a lot of mouths to feed. So it's good to watch Zay get, you know, he got three games with double digit targets. That's great. But you know, there's, he's going to have the high games, I think, but, but he's still going to have some low games too. So, But I love the pick, right? Obviously, that was, again, going to be my pick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's the frustrating thing about uh, about Flowers, and I completely agree with everything you said. It's like Nelson Aguilar is getting targets, and, uh, you know, they're, they, 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 sp- they spread it around quite a bit. And not to mention, you could always have a game like this past week where Gus Edwards is, you know, rushing for three touchdowns or Lamar is rushing for touchdowns or – you know, it's just like a lot of when you look at the box score. And and I, I mean, I guess like the fact that, like you said, Flowers still has multiple games with double digit targets is a testament to how good he's been. But it would be nice to see, you know, like on these weeks where on like the 30 percent of weeks in the season where Rashad Bateman is healthy and out there, he's getting two or three targets. And, you know, the running backs are getting targets. And before you know it, like you look at the box score and it's like 12 guys. Yeah. Yeah, I don't like scrolling when I'm looking at the the receivers. That's an, that's annoying. I want I want like four guys tops. <laughs> yeah. Yep. But yeah, he passes the eye test, and uh, 
He's a Boston College guy, so. Yeah. Go Eagles. Yeah. Big fan here. Syracuse, Boston College, Ravens. We're doing good on this spot. A lot, a lot of fan favorites. Um, but moving on to uh, the 10th pick, uh, it's going to Schluter. But back in our draft, this is where Will Levis actually went, uh, who at the time seemed like a higher pick, but uh, I don't know. We'll, we'll, still to be determined there, um, but look, a little bit more optimism. But we'll see if he goes this high again. I feel like he might not, but uh, Schluter, take it over. As much as I'd love to take a third QB. <laughs> 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 just to have him on my bench. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go with Dalton Kincaid, and that's looking for the future. Like like we said before, tight end premium. Um, had a great week. You know, you can't argue anything you did this last week. So future's bright. He's got the gunslinger, Josh Allen. So I'm I'm all for it. Put him in my lineup, forget it. And... Yeah, no, I like that pick. Obviously, with Knox out, he thrived. And, you know, having... Josh Allen's tight end for the foreseeable future is definitely not a bad thing. So uh, only concern there is Knox comes back, but you know, it should definitely be Kincaid's job to lose. So I like to pick. Yeah. I wonder, do you, do you, do you guys know uh, Dawson Knox's contract situation? I'm going to just quickly check, check it out. Um, I mean, I, I like the pick too. He, he was, I wouldn't have gone in this spot with him, but he was going to be in the next probably four to five picks for me. But again, tight end premium. He's looking. He's getting the targets now. Um, he's looking like there. He's becoming more of a focal point, which was something Joey has been clamoring for literally all season uh, until finally the past two weeks. So it has been nice to see them make that uh, offensive philosophy change. Um, and I think he's totally deserving of it. This pick, if he keeps up, especially in this format. But Joe, I don't know if you were able to get that contract information. Yeah, so they have a potential out after next year. So he's definitely going to be there in twenty four. They have a potential out, but he actually his contract actually goes through twenty twenty six before he's a free agent again, which I feel like is a challenge because not like honestly, Dawson Knox is like the 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 only difference between Sam Laporta and Dalton Kincaid is. Dawson Knox, yeah. but hopefully, I mean, look, like last week he did a, uh, even after Knox went out two weeks ago, like the, the past week and a half, he's been, you know, he's done a, a, an impressive job at demonstrating that he should be the, the number one. And yeah, hopefully it's not going to be a situation where in four weeks we've got another, we've got a Dawson Knox reemergence because yeah, he'll probably just snipe all the touchdowns, but I, I think Kincaid is going to be a focal point. I, I don't think his, he's going to see a diminished target share as much as he may just see the value of those targets slightly go away if he doesn't get all the red zone looks because Knox, because that's where Knox thrives. He's not really in the middle of the field. He's already he's already better in pits eight weeks in. That, that's all. <laughs> that sure. is most tight ends about six <laughs> yeah. in their career, uh, for, at least from a touchdown perspective. Name a tight end and they're better than Pitts. <laughs> uh, it's brutal. Pitts are just so talented. Just go some trade picks, please. Um, but moving on to the 11th pick. This is actually where Dal- Dalton Kincaid won in the actual uh, rookie draft, but now we're passing the torch to Joey. Who are you going to take at 11? This is an extremely tough pick for me between two guys. I really, truly, I would be intensely lamenting over this one. Um, it's going to make my decision easy. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, 
it's kind of grasping at straws. I think I I think I would go Puka Nakua. Uh, it's in and I for a couple reasons, um, mostly just because you don't. There's a little bit less certainty with his uh, situation, but at the same time, um, Cooper Cup isn't exactly young. And he's tied to a good head coach and Sean McVay. We'll see what the quarterback situation is like with the Rams beyond this year. And we'll see if McVay is even like how much longer Sean McVay is head coach of the Rams beyond this year. But um, I, you know, Jordan Addison is still the one B in that offense. He'll continue to be the one B for however long. And you could probably say the same about Puka, but. For the full body of this work this season, um, I think I would lean that way, 51-49 over Addison, who was a little more of a flesh in the pan the last two or three weeks. But honestly, I love Addison, too. He, he's, he looks incredible. I'd be happy with either of them, and this is just an absolutely brutal decision to have to make. I'm, I'm sorry we did this to you. <laughs> I think it's actually the right pick for all the reasons you said. Cup's a little older. Stafford is still there, even though he might be injured. Addison's, you know, Jefferson's the guy there and is going to be for the foreseeable future. Addison will always be number two, and their quarterback situation is way more up in the air right now. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. Puka was the call. That's who I would have taken. I actually had him at number seven on my board. Um, so I actually think that's great value for you, Joe, at 11. Uh, and from our rookie draft, just because this number popped and you don't see this often, he shot up 31 picks from where he was actually drafted in our rookie. He was at the 406, pick 42. Um, I believe that that was one pick before me, and it stings because it was, again, Canellas who – Snipes in the start of draft and rookie draft, every young wide receiver right before me. Um, so that was a great, great value. Um, kind of going down to the pick that was actually looking back in that draft, the pick 42, 43, and 44 was Puka Nakua, Michael Wilson, and Tank Dell. Um, a threesome that you, you don't typically see too many hits that late in the draft. Some leagues don't even do uh, four and five rounds in the rookie draft, so they would have been like free agents after the rookie draft. And that was a three-pack of guys who are all useful and a couple that look like they might be potentially higher-end options. Um, so always value there, even if you're you're getting, trading for those seemingly invaluable uh, fourth-round fourth picks. Round. You can uh, maybe hit, hit a dark throw there. I'll trade you some fourth-round picks. Yeah. <laughs> Buka, right? <laughs> uh, but moving to the 12th pick, this is uh, where Zach Charbonnet went, um, and I'm now on the board. Um, and Joey made the pick easy for me. My ninth overall uh, uh, rookie on my board is Jordan Addison. Uh, the guy has looked great this year, um, showing out. Obviously, situation stinks right now. Uh, the risk of not having Cousins was already kind of baked in, I think, initially when you are drafting him. Now it's just earlier, and things are a little bit in flux. So long-term, I don't think his long-term outlook has changed. I think it's just the next nine or so games outlook has changed for him. But you have the confidence now that you've seen it, that if they, he has a competent quarterback, he can show up. And and whether he has J.J. there or not, because um, now he's the number one, so you think he's getting – uh, more defensive coverage or like a, a higher, uh, a, a tougher matchup there. So he, even though it does look like there's no competition, he should get all the targets. 
he has a tougher defensive matchup and he's still showing out there. So I think he's got a lot of talent. He's beating these guys. Uh, and some of the plays he's made, those are grown man plays. Like Kirk Cousins threw an absolute interception and Addison just ripped it out and ran for a touchdown, which is a crazy play. Uh, so I think the guy is a bona fide talent there. Uh, and I'd be very happy to be able to grab him with the 12th overall pick in my rookie draft. Yeah. Yeah, we talked about those definitely being the the next two picks, which makes this pick really tough. Yeah, the two hundred one. We are now officially in the second round of the rookie redraw redraft. Excuse me, uh, a redo redraft, and it's a hard thing to say. I don't know if you guys tried it. Um, <laughs> and this is where Kendra Miller went uh, back back in July, I believe, is when we did our draft. Yeah, um, I will not be going with him. Uh, I think I'm going to keep it going with wide receiver here and I'm actually going to go with rice. I think I'm going to go with Rasheed rice. I just feel like that, uh, that wide receiver core is wide open there. Um, you know, it's like sky Moore, uh, Tony stinks. Um, some, someone has to be Patrick Mahomes top guy uh once kelsey goes i think rice has a good chance to be that guy he's starting to pick it up a little bit hasn't had any huge games but he's averaging like nine fantasy points a game um looks like he's averaging like five or six targets a game from patrick mahomes so i'll take that at uh pick 13 i mean i love it uh that's exactly who i had on my board next as well so uh, everything you said he's he he looks explosive he's getting the targets in that offense uh not really there's not a lot of a and not a much in the equation that you need to really figure out there just like an explosive fast talent getting targets for Mahomes. first pick of the second round i think that's what you want yeah, yeah it's a win-win win-win 100 yeah that's who i would have gone with there as well so moving down to the 202, pick number 14. This is where Marvin Mins Jr. went, um, which I actually thought was a pretty good pick back then. I think I remember giving props for it. Uh, but the clock is now on Schluter to see where he goes. And there's still a good amount of decent options. We're getting a little deeper here, but still a lot of good talent on the board. Yeah, of course I liked Rice, you know, but I'm going to stick with the wide receiver. I got the two QBs. I got the tight end. So there's not too many of the – higher upside wide receivers, you could say. Um, so I'm going Quentin Johnson. I know we started slow, real slow, um, but he stepped it up last game. You know, I, when I was watching the game, uh, Herbert didn't even look at him, probably the first quarter. Uh, you know, you watch your wide receiver and you're like, oh, he's on the top. And then uh, they'd look left and you're like, you're not even looking at him. <laughs> uh, and then he started doing some crossing routes and getting involved and he caught some going across and then he actually got a uh, toss to the corner of the end zone you know so they're, they're looking at him they're trying to feed him he threw it a little low threw a little higher you know he's a big guy probably could have probably could have got it so he's getting more involved so he's looking promising and he's got what the next four or five years with herbert so it can't it can't be too bad yeah that's what i was gonna say and keenan allen is old i think he's also 31 so who knows what happens with him and mike williams is obviously always injured and out for the year so um yeah i think you know he's probably tied to herbert for the foreseeable future and might eventually move into a, a higher slot on the wide receiver list so not a bad pick yeah i mean he's got the draft capital too so you know that uh they're gonna try to, even if he doesn't have the biggest rookie year they're gonna try to make that thing happen so that's 
the positive when you see you you like the safety net, I guess you get when you draft rookies with high draft capital, they get more chances than guys that don't have that capital. And when you're in the second round to get a first round drafted wide receiver, that's really good value. I mean, that's kind of, I think last year where Jahan Dotson was landing a lot and proved to be a decent value, obviously slow this year, but he's getting the opportunity. So I, I don't hate that pick at all. Now, moving to the two, uh, third pick in the second round, this is where Devon Achan actually went. Um, but now he's no longer on the board, and it's Joey's pick. So we'll see who he goes with. Yeah, so with the 203 in this position, I think this would be the time to take Zach Charbonnet. Um, I, I mean, look, right? He has been getting an increasing, like a growing snap percentage basically throughout the season. Last game, he played almost 60% of snaps. He's had weeks of, you know, on his, on his uh, you know, paltry amount of carries that he gets, he looks great. I mean, week two, four carries, four yards per carry. Week three, nine carries, five plus yards per carry. Week four, five carries, six yards per carry. Last week, five carries, 10 yards per carry. It's He looks great. Um, and the only thing that kind of stands in his way is that Ken Walker also looks great. But uh, everything that we kind of thought Zach Charbonnet was going to be in the preseason and that whole kind of pre-draft process, you know, bruising, quick, a lot of explosiveness, he's looked exactly like that. And he's not as involved in the passing game as he could be or as you would like, just because he's not involved in the entire game plan as much as you would like. But, um, you know, it's hard to really pass up on that much talent at the running back position, super late in, in you know, like the middle of the second round. And, you know, running backs get hurt quite quite often. So, you know, who knows, right? Kenneth Walker looks great. But I think as time goes on, that will become, especially into next year, a lot more of a true duo than just, you know, 80-20 Walker. If if Walker wasn't there, would you take Gibbs or Charbonnet? Oh, Gibbs, too. Yeah. It's really, it's, it's really close. Yeah, that's what I mean. You're one injury away from a top five yeah. guy. So yeah. it's, that's huge upside to... Like, you could make a strong argument that if Charbonnet was was by himself, like Ken Walker, a lot of the reason why Kenneth Walker is great is because he gets absolutely fed inside the 10-yard line. He's got, like, the most inside the 10 carries in the whole league. So if you just project those carries onto Charbonnet, I mean, yeah. it's He would be probably in the top five. So, yeah, I mean, like you said, like, you know, just because he's got a talented guy in front of him, you know, there's only so far that you can let somebody who looks that good slide. Yep. And I will say, I think this past week, granted, I think Walker was uh, dealing with an injury. Pretty sure Charbonnet uh, outsnapped Walker this past week. So you've actually been seeing Charbonnet getting more and more involved in the offense. I know that was part of what you were talking about, Joe. But, like, I think it was surprising to see just how involved he was this past week. Uh, again, I think part of that had to do with the Walker injury, but – even without a Walker injury, I would pro- I would expect to see this at, at at least turn into a 60-40 split, which even if he's getting that type of workload, I think he'll still be like in potential RB2, which is a solid pick here. But moving on, 
to the uh, 204. This is where Rasheed Rice actually went last uh, time in our real rookie draft. But it's on me now. Um, and honestly, there's a couple wide receivers I'm still looking at. Um, and I think I'm going to go with one that, honestly, I wasn't that excited about uh, back in the rookie draft. Um, but at this point, he he's just seeming like a very solid receiver, which is, at this point in the draft could shoot for the upside. But this guy seems like he could have a decent game, but he's got a good floor. And that's Josh Downs. Uh, I, was, I wasn't high on him for a couple of reasons. Uh, one is the fact that he's small. I just don't like uh, my wide receivers that tiny. Um, but I, th- I think he was coming from UNC. He, he just gets open, and he's got great hands. Uh, I think he, coming out of college, he's actually one of the better contested catch wide receivers in the draft which is crazy for someone of his size. Uh, but the other issue that was always being placed and still potentially there is that um, Anthony Richardson's accuracy wasn't uh, the the best. Uh, but you, what I did see before Anthony Richardson got hurt, his he would still have a couple bad passes, but his passing did look good and look at, like it was improving. So I do think going into next season and, and beyond, I think he'll continue to improve. And that's only going to be a positive for Josh Downs. But Josh Downs gets open. He also can run some shorter underneath routes, which are higher percentage passes that I could see Anthony Richardson uh, targeting uh, when he needs to. So I do think Josh Downs will grow with Richardson. I, I think Pittman will still be there. I don't think they're going to let him walk after his contract's up this year. But I, I'm very confident in Downs, I, I, which I did not expect uh, going into the season. So that's the pick for me here. Yeah, I actually did have him next on my list, but I was concerned with Richardson because that's the thing. I looked at the games, and he didn't do well in the games that Richardson played. And a lot of his production has, has been with Minshew. So it'll be interesting to see what happens next year, but um, definitely one of the guys that I think makes sense taken around here. Yeah. Surprised myself there, man. Itty bitty guys, but moving forward uh, with the 17th overall pick, the fifth pick of the second round, this is where Izzy Abaconda or Anaconda or whatever you say, this guy is a running back for the jets. Uh, was drafted. Uh, probably not going to go here, but we'll see uh, what Ryan does with this pick. <laughs> yeah, definitely not. Um, I, I just I gotta go with this guy. I'm I'm pumped for him. Four touchdowns last game. I'm taking Will Levis. All right. Um, Schluter talked about it before. You know, superflex league quarterbacks are pretty valuable. Tannehill doesn't seem like the answer there. He's also older, um, so I'm not too worried about what happens with him and. If Will Levis keeps playing like he played last week, he could be the long-term answer there, and getting that in the second round is huge value. I don't disagree. I mean, getting a starting quarterback in a super flex in the middle of the second round is uh, incredible value. Obviously, questions if he is still going to be the long-term option, but that's the only reason he's falling back here and why you're potentially getting a value on him. Uh, he has all the physical and arm talent in the world as well. He just is a weirdo, um, which I like. I, I I just personally cannot get on my team. I think that's it, my issue there. But like that's just that's silly bias, and I'm and maybe that's stopping me from winning. So we'll see. Um, but yeah, I don't know what everyone else's thoughts on Will Levis after his out uh, outburst this past week. Yeah, I don't know how you could, how we passed on a rookie QB that tossed four touchdowns this long, but you know it's. It's a good pick. I mean, like like I said before, I love stashing QBs, so why not? 
Yeah, if you're making, if you got to figure, right? Like if we're assuming we're drafting right now and all we have is one data point on Will Levis and it's that he went out there and threw four touchdowns last week, it makes sense. And to, to Schluter's point, right? Like in real life, you know, if, if there's a QB needy team, like, uh, I don't know, Harrison trying to make up for his uh, Bryce Young blunder. <laughs> He might actually take a shot. Did you draft a quarterback with a third overall pick? What do you mean, needy? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't think anyone's arguing with the value there. Um, Moving forward at the uh, sixth pick of the second round, this is where Jaden Reed, uh, Green Bay Packers rookie wide receiver, was taken. Um, But now Schluter's got the pick, so we'll see what he does with it. Well, just for fun, so I had C.J. Stroud out there as my QB first. So for fun, I'm going to throw Tank Dell on there, you know, get that combination and see how they grow together and, you know, get that little little double whammy touchdown. Mm-hmm. Really punish my opponent that week and get him <laughs> a little bit, you know. Yeah, Sounds- I like it. That was actually who I was between. I think he's a solid wide receiver too with Nico Collins there, and uh, Stroud has been looking better, so. Yeah, no, I agree. I think as I was kind of thinking about my upcoming pick, I'm like looking at wide receiver and it's like, you know, do I look at Mims? Mims is probably sliding a little bit. And then, you know, I was kind of, for me, if I was going wide receiver there, it would have been between Mims and Dell. And honestly, Dell, again, we talked about undersized wide receivers, but he's looked good. He's real fast. And like I said, he's tied to a good young quarterback. So. Yeah, he's always had a blow of game as well. Obviously, he had a concussion, but he'll, he's going to be back. And yeah, he's just, he gets open. Yeah. What is with these tiny wide The NFL's changing, guys. Yeah, sure is. Um, but yeah, I mean, going to it, Joe, as you mentioned, um, this is your pick. So this would be the seventh now pick in the second round. This is where Roshan Johnson actually went um, back in July. So what are you going to do with it? Yeah, ironically, I'm actually going to take Roshan Johnson here. I uh, all right. I, I think that there's enough uncertainty with the Chicago backfield going forward in the future. Uh, Khalil Herbert looks certainly good, but is is he the type of guy that's going to keep a stranglehold on on that backfield? I I don't think so. Uh, Roshan has looked good in the passing game. He's looked good at limited opportunities when he's gotten the ball, when he's gotten carries. And I think that there's a lot of potential upside there for the future tied to, you know, hopefully uh, a quarterback for the future with Justin Fields. And I think that, yeah, I mean, you know, basically I I make this pick here because if I'm kind of like going through my process of who I'm looking at, at running back, it's kind of like between uh, Roshan, Tajay Spears, and um, yeah, those are really the guys that I'd be looking at. And and then for at wide receiver, we talk about Mims and you know maybe Jaden Reed, who's looked pretty good for Green Bay to this point. Um, of all those guys, I think I'm probably I'm probably the most excited to to draft Roshan here. Yeah, interesting because obviously, like I, 
I personally like Tajay more, but obviously Tajay probably doesn't have potentially as long of a lifespan as Roshan has. Um, but it's it's hard to argue with either one. Like you, you expect Henry to potentially be gone, um, but also that's not going to be my pick here. Um, about running back here, but I do I do like everything you said about Roshan, and it is it's nice to see uh, someone picked in their exact spot there. Just it's pleasing uh, on the chart there. But for me, uh, it's now the eighth pick in the second round. This is where Michael Mayer went, which I think actually could be a solid pick still, but it's not where I'm going to go. I think I'm going to end the slide here. Take Marvin Mims. Uh, he's just an electric talent, and the situation just kind of stinks right now. Um, but I don't think Juju's going to be here next year. Uh, Sutton might not be here next year, and I think eventually, like once you once you start getting the playing time and the targets to Mims, I think you're going to see a lot of good things. I'm, I don't have the stat out right now, but I'm sure like the uh, targets per routes run for Mims is crazy high. Um, whenever he's on the field, is he's usually out there for a reason, and that's to break the game open. Um, and he's done that at a pretty high clip. So to get another um, – there's a theme here with all my picks. They're all game-breaking talents. I'm trying to win a championship here and want the guys to the high upside. Um, and uh, and I think Mims does that. So he's the pick here. Yeah, and uh, I'll just go right into mine because I was hoping that Spears would fall to me. So um, that's who I'm going to take here. You know, Henry was almost out the door already. Seems like he's staying put, but um, probably doesn't have too much long uh, left. And Spears looks like he'll be the guy that'll take it over. So I think that's pretty good value this late yeah, in the round. At the 209, not as good as value as the pick that it was back in the rookie draft of Sam Laporta, as we've already seen. <laughs> but uh, I still think that's a solid pick. Moving on to Schluter at the 10th pick in the second round. We got Jonathan Mingo. That was the pick back in July, but we'll see what Schluter, if he agrees with that or goes a different direction. You know what? I'm sticking with the, the double whammy theme of uh, Mingo because I got I got Bryce Young earlier, so I'm just <laughs> going to double it up again, you know? Nice. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick with that and hope they get that combination, start clicking, and win me a championship. <laughs> You actually did see Mingo starting to get a bit more involved uh, coming out of the bye, too. So, Sony, keep an eye on. Even in redress, he actually might be uh, getting involved, a lot more involved in the offense. And you do see a lot of times these rookie, rookie wide receivers step up. Second half of the year, we've been a little spoiled again uh, with the early production. But typically, it's the second half of the year they start getting integrated. And it seems like that's starting to happen with Mingo. And as you said, tied to a rookie quarterback, not a bad thing to have. And moving to the second to last pick in the second round, uh, this was where Jalen Hyatt actually went. Um, by that was your, yours truly, but uh, the pick is now Joey Gallows. Yeah, so three guys I'd be looking at here, um, depending on need: um, a running back, a wide receiver, a tight end, a running back. I'd be looking at Tank Bigsby, uh, just because you obviously can see what uh, the running back in that. Jacksonville offense can do, and it's not like Travis Etienne is a, a big and brooding and you know non-injury risk type uh, profile guy. So, and and then two Packers, Jaden Reed and Luke Musgrave. I think uh, that's probably the direction I would lean. Between it would be between Musgrave and Reed. They both looked good. I picked a lot of wide receivers. I think I'll take Musgrave. It's a tight end premium league. I liked what I've seen from the both of them. It's kind of a – I would put them in a similar tier, and uh, I'll give Musgrave the edge because, you know, 
Titan Premium, and uh, I picked a lot of wide receivers. <laughs> it's a great pick. Yeah. I love the pick, too. I think uh, he showed a lot. Uh, the rookie tight ends this year have actually been really strong overall. Um, and, yeah, Musgraves has been a key. Obviously, he has a little injury right now, but it's nothing serious, and he's looked great. Um, and for me to close out, Luke Musgrave is actually the last pick in the second round during our real rookie pick, uh, rookie draft. Um, a few guys I'm looking here at is another tight end, Michael Mayer. Uh, but that situation in Las Vegas is kind of a mess. Not sure if you want to get, be a part of it. Uh, Jaden Reed has mentioned is someone I, I've been uh, pretty impressed with. DeMario Douglas is someone I'm rising on. I'm not sure if I'd take him here, but someone just to keep an eye on. Michael Wilson obviously has risen up as well. But the guy I'm going to go with was the guy I went with in the real draft, the pick before, and that's Jalen Hyatt. Um, he's seemingly getting a bit more involved. He, again, is game-breaker talent theme for me. I'm always shooting for upside. Um, but his knock uh, coming in the draft was he wasn't a good route runner. But he seems like he's improving there, and he's beating DBs in the NFL. Like He was crushing them in college, and that trade has carried over. Um Obviously, hasn't had too much production this past week or so. It was a disaster in the passing game. Uh, who, hopefully, uh, with Daniel Jones coming back and the offensive line and Andrew Thomas coming back, there's a little bit more time to throw in those passes and we can see more. But he's he's beginning to flash a bit, and I'm, I'd be getting excited. And at this point in the rookie drafts is where I really do shoot for those upside uh, and hopefully get those guys who can really rise up and become a, a key fixture in your lineup. So I'd be going hide here. Um, but I guess who are a couple undrafted guys that you, you'd like to call out before we uh, close this out and move to the next, next segment? Yeah, I'll throw out Aiden O'Connell um, only because I think that if we were doing this again right now, just in uh, kind of like factor in real life circumstances here, looking at the way that the actual draft went, Hendon Hooker went early in the third round. Um, a couple other quarterbacks, Clayton Toon went in the fourth round, Stetton, Stetson Bennett went in the f- fourth round. Aiden O'Connell didn't go to the middle of the fifth. I think in reality he would go a bit higher, given that he's already kind of made his way into a starting quarterback position, at least temporarily. Um, as yeah. far as other, other undrafted guys, yeah. yeah not, a ton, not a ton of others. I don't think out. there are too many left, yeah. Um, I think Zach Evans is on there. He's had a little bit of, of relevance, but there's not much left. Just Justin Joey's DraftKings lineup, not really on the field. <laughs> yeah, Zach, Zach, Zach Evans is fucking dead to me. <laughs> Sorry, I'm assuming he's not in this time around. <laughs> no. Between my DraftKings lineup, 20 actual dollars, and about 175 fab dollars, this fucking guy has basically bankrupted me this year. <laughs> Officially all out on Zach Evans. Oh, man. Well, uh, that was uh, that was definitely a fun for me to go. I hope that all the listeners enjoy that. It's, it's interesting to see how values have changed since uh, the offseason. And uh, part of the fun of the rookie draft is that you kind of are taking a shot you're gonna you're gonna miss some. You're gonna hit some, um, and uh, obviously that's where you can see the value in in, in your overall team uh, go is if you hit on these picks or if you miss on them. So definitely fun to go. I uh, hope you guys enjoyed it. But uh, we're gonna move on to quickly a league update before getting to the DraftKings lineup challenge. Um, we had a couple of trades, so we just want to hit on those some quicks in our league. So 
one of the first trades we had is uh, actually both trades involved uh, a podcaster. We had the Wilkinson Bros acquired Derrick Henry in a 2026 second round pick, and they gave up a 2025 first round pick. So, Ryan, why don't you speak to that a little bit? Yeah, I mean, you you love it when something works right away. So we uh, actually won last week solely because of this trade. If we had started anyone on our bench over Derrick Henry, we would have lost to Crope. So right off the bat, helped us get a win in week eight. Um, it wasn't a huge move, but we just felt like it, it gave us a little bit more depth than that ability to win a couple more weeks. And uh, we didn't really feel like we gave up too, too much. I know they're they're different years, but... We moved back from a first to a second, basically, to get him. And it's not like he's done after this year, although he's older. He's still going to have some value next year, maybe even a year or two after that. So we thought it was a good trade. Yeah, probably would have been nice to see him get traded, right? I mean, traded in real life, right, when you make that deal. Uh, yeah, there w- we were hoping he might have went somewhere better, but I don't actually think it's the worst thing that he stays there either. Obviously, we just talked a little bit about Spears potentially taking over, but hasn't happened too much so far. Um, and Will Levis is opening up that offense. Who knows? Yeah, I mean, this could be a fire offense now. So, God, high scoring. Yeah, all he has to do is miraculous. Not even miraculously. All he has to do is be functional enough to lead them into some game scripts where they're not behind, yeah. and he'll get 15, 20 carries. I also I agree though. I don't think you gave up uh, a lot for Henry. I, I I generally would have expected to see probably a little bit more because again you only moved back around in a separate year, so that's still decent ammo for future trades too to have that extra second round pick. So yeah, uh, I mean I get exactly why Rosinski's did it because you look at the running backs they have. They had too many running backs. Yeah, they can't start them all. Yeah, they got Taylor, Pollard, Boster, Eckler, and Gibbs. Yeah. And they just gave away the, an older running back for a first round. So they, they won, Ryan won. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So overall for the league, I think it's it's a good trade. Yeah. yeah. But it wasn't the only trade. Uh, another member, uh, our special weekly member right now on our pod, uh, was involved in another trade, our own Schluter right here. Uh, acquired Stefan Diggs, Damian Pierce, and Rasheed Rice. And he gave up Chris Olave and Scott's 2024 first round picks. So not his own. Another league member's 2024 first-round pick. Um, so, Schluter, why don't you speak to it? Well, first off, anytime you make a trade in this league, I'm sure it's like others, it's exhausting. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> a lot of back and forth. Some others more than the others. You yeah. Talk for days, <laughs> yeah, you talk for days, you think you're there, and then all of a sudden you send a trade, you read it, and you're like, what did they just send me? That's not what, you know? So – I was back and forth with the, the Clark family for about three days, and I really wanted digs. That was the bottom line. I wanted uh, I wanted something right now. I looked at my team, and I said, I'm young. You know, I don't really need – my whole team is rookies. Like that re- redraft we just did, I had five people on that top 24 list, mm-hmm. you know. So I'm like, I don't I don't need my, my pick. So I was okay giving away Scott's first-round pick, especially because I just traded him Kirk Cousins. So to me, his value – is that pick was only going to lose value, you know, if Kirk Cousins was still with us. <laughs> with us. <laughs> so, I was okay with that. And then Olave just wasn't producing. So every we talked about how good he was going to be. Oh, he's got Carr now. He's going to he's going to be so much better. No, he's not. And then what happens? We still got to wait for another QB to come in for him to be even better. So when is Olave going to produce for me? So I wanted Diggs bad. 
and my RBs needed help. So I, I got Pierce, who's not much help, but a lot of hope, you could say. Uh, but the, the big seller was Rice. I'm, I'm big on Rice, you know. So to me, I got A.J. Brown now. So I got a number one QBs, wide receiver one. I got uh, Diggs, another another one. And then Rice could be Mahomes' number one. You know, so I'm I'm pretty good there. We talked about Zay Flowers. I got him. I got JSN. So I'm good. I'm I'm happy with what I gave up and what I got, and I think I'm ready to take all you guys down. So <laughs> so basically, you have the top two best quarterbacks, number one receivers, and and Allen and Hurts. Just saying. <laughs> that is, that is, yeah, when I play you, it just negates. <laughs> yeah, it'll be back and forth. <laughs> Uh, but no, I, I, we talked a little bit about it. I, I liked the trade for your side. I could see both sides, but I, I like Rice as well. I just took him in the rookie redraft that we did. I think he's a, a huge uh, potential opportunity there. And Diggs is obviously a stud right now. And, you know, first round pick could be valuable, could not. You see if you hit it, head on it next year. But uh, I liked the trade. Yeah, I mean, I looked at my team. I have 18 people that are sophomores or younger. You know, so I don't I looked at my rookie picks and I'm like, I don't really need them. And I still have two 2025 first rounders yeah. sitting there. So my 2024, it just didn't look as valuable to me. It seemed it seemed like an easy trade to me. Yeah. And not to mention, right, like it's not like Stefan Diggs is uh, old and busted. He still has quite a bit of you would think left in the tank. He's in a great offense. And, um, you know, if you get even if you only get two more years of this version of Stefan Diggs, you know, I think that's, that's an easy trade to make, right. In exchange yeah. for a first round pick, which we, which we know from what we, the exercise we just did could easily be uh, a Bryce Young miss, you know, more <laughs> <laughs> of uh, <laughs> Yeah, no, I mean, I think the addition of Rashid Rice for me tilts it towards your scales. I think that like that extra sweetener is big because that, that could be what the, the first round pick was uh, so then yeah. it's Olave for for Diggs and, and Pierce so like I don't think there was an actual loser in that trade which is great to see um, but I think for you like you're set up to definitely be very strong this year I think you've had a, a tough tougher schedule than most uh, in the league but I, you're still competing for a playoff spot and you're set up for the future which I'm more envious because I don't have as many young wide receivers on my team, so that uh, it's a pretty pretty good spot to be in for you. Yeah, I'm real wide receiver strong. I love it. But you didn't score the most this past week. Um, <laughs> someone with their old and busted wide receivers did, and that's your boy right here, Dave Reed, uh, had 180. What was it? 183.4 points for the high score this week. And I had Howell on my bench, and if I didn't, I would have had the high score of the entire year, over 200 points. It's disappointing. Um, but it was a good showing. So I felt good about that to finally get up in the high side after having the second lowest score of the year. Um, still not the lowest. That's still held, and still after this week by the Wilkinson <laughs> brothers. Because the lowest score this week, which is pretty crazy, was 115.96 by Clark Sauce. Uh, those were like... We're getting to a point. We're in the middle of the season. There's only at Brian. I think there's only like six weeks for you to lose that record, and the lowest scores are increasing. Um, so I don't know how you're hey, feeling. Hey, hey. There were there were no buys the last week. We talked about that, so uh, it, it's an outlier week, hopefully. But uh, yeah, not gonna lie, we're getting a little worried over here. Someone, <laughs> someone, come on down. Oh man, insane. But yeah, it's that. Uh, that'll be a, a fun. 
It'll week fourteen's be very fun to see if anyone just straight up like shits the bed and and like <laughs> takes it from you. <laughs> oh man. But with that, we're going to finally get to the main event, the DK lineup showdown here. So, again, we each pick a lineup. We're playing against each other. Winner takes all. Um, Shulger's going to try his best to knock out as many of the podcast hosts as possible. Harrison, when he was on two weeks ago, took out two of the hosts, but didn't do the clean sweep that uh, I know Shulger's aiming to get here. Uh, But we're going to go around and and list out who our lineups are. So, Shulger. Man of the hour, why don't you start us off with who your quarterback is? All right, let me pull it right up here. So, you know, I love these. You go back and forth 15 times, and then you change it, and then you go back again. So, I always have the strategy of a low QB. I don't know why I just always do it. So, I went Minshew. You know, he's he's in there. He's Carolina. I don't know what's going to happen, but he might have that magic and, and throw, some, throw some bombs, get that four-touchdown game, or it'll be a dud, but. For 52 yeah so he cost uh 5200 so i'm okay with that with the potential of him just going off yeah i'll jump in because i had the exact same thought and also went with Minshew. i i wanted to save a little money on quarterback as well and he seemed like a pretty good value could have a big game and i'll jump in too because i as well so there we're all negating some have Minshew, but Minshew's my oh, boy yeah. um i love him he's on my team as well uh, and the, the Steichen offense is doesn't really matter, apparently, who's quarterback. Uh, you're going to get fantasy points. And, and Carolina's D, which has not been good, uh, should give up some. So I think there's good value there. Obviously, they they may dominate in the run ga- game with uh, Jonathan Taylor. Hoping that's not the case. And uh, Minshew racks up some points. But, Joe, see, did you break the tie here? Or did you go Minshew as well? No, nah, I didn't go Minshew. But right. I do love the pick. If we're being totally honest, <clears throat> he rushed for a touchdown two weeks ago, had a down week last week. You got to think he'll bounce back. I originally was looking at uh, Josh Downs potentially at in one of my versions uh, iterations of this lineup at wide receiver. So I like the pick. Uh, but I actually went with Dak Prescott. I think that um, I wanted a, uh, a little bit more of a high-powered offense and a big game against Philadelphia. Uh, I think they're going to need him in – uh this type of game where you know philadelphia they tend to be stronger against the run than against the pass they've had injuries in their secondary early on in the season um you know cd lamb probably get darius slate treatment but um i i still i like the uh i like the upside with Dak here he's been he's been looking good the last couple weeks Dig it. We need someone to break it here. So we're, we're all negating each other except for Joe at quarterback. But uh, Schluter, why don't you jump in and tell us your running backs? So I got a high-priced one. I watched this guy just put up points on me endlessly last week. Uh, Camara. I went with Camara. I think he's going to crush Chicago. They're going to jump out. They're going to get a lead and just feed him, especially with last week's performance. So I did Camara. He was expensive, uh, 8100 And then what about running back two? Oh, running back two? Uh I saw a little thing about Pierce being injured, so I put it in Singletary. Oh, interesting. What's his price? 4300 All right. Saving some value there. I'll jump in because I also have Kamara, so we are not deviating too much yet. I'll um, jump in because I also have Kamara. Yeah, well. okay. <laughs> I mean, Kamara, I, he's going to feast. I, I don't think – like the Chicago defense is not good. Kamara can cover him up. But Kamara is also the number one wide receiver, uh, like I think in the league from targets. Like, And this is a full point PPR, so – I, Kamara was one of those players, and I think it's going to cross the board here. Like, you wanted to try and get in your lineup if you could, because 
seems like a safe floor and has a potential blow up game. Uh, but I also at RB2 have Bijan Robinson at 6,100. Uh, going up against Minnesota, defense also not very strong. Um, Heineke is in, uh, so they could be slinging a little bit more. But I also think if Drake London's not in there, they probably lean uh, Bajan a bit more. Um, and he did score his first touch, rushing touchdown, I believe, last week. So I think he's starting to build up. And I think they're going to beat down a Minnesota who's going to be playing against a rookie quarterback. And they'll probably want to ice the game early. So going with Bajan there. But Ryan, why don't you finish up on who your RB2 is? Yeah, so I went with Kamara as well, and then I had the same type of strategy as Schluter. I basically wanted to save as much money as I possibly could with my second running back and spend it elsewhere, so I went actually with Rashawn Johnson. Um, Ooh, interesting. I feel like it's kind of up in the air on what could happen there, and um, you know, Foreman was pretty terrible last week, so who knows, maybe Johnson gets some more touches this week. That's who I went with. I don't hate it. Yeah, Khalil Herbert's still out. Um, I don't hate it either. How much is how much is he right? He was forty five hundred. Good value. All right, so this is looking like a a pretty well planned out selection for me. Um, it's either going to go great or it's going to go terribly poorly. But my RB one is Jonathan Taylor, sixty four hundred dollars. Okay. Seems as if uh, if that twist. if Taylor runs for two or three touchdowns, then I might have this one in the bag. But I, I honestly, Carolina, it's the same logic as taking Minshew. Carolina's defense stinks. Their rush, their rush defense especially stinks. And two weeks ago, he was kind of showing. I mean, look, Zach Moss is still there. He's still getting carries. But I think at this point, it's safe to say that Taylor is the it has resumed his role as at least the leader in the backfield there. Uh, so he'll have to fight with Moss for some carries and and maybe especially in a game like this where I expect them to be leading. But uh, I, I thought it was pretty good value for Taylor there, um, getting him at a good price when, you know, maybe the market hasn't actually fully caught up to him being fully back. And then uh, my RB2, drum roll please, there's going to be a lot of suspense for this one. Uh, I went with uh, Alvin Kamara. Yeah, you had to have him. I think across the board, there's a, you, you couldn't miss having him, and he's going to blow up potentially RB one. So yeah, my only concern with selecting Kamara, and I mean now, like looking back in retrospect, I kind of wish I had zagged because you know, like opportunities to like fade the the, the contestants are always great. But you know, like if if they're if they're up by a ton and the game script isn't conducive to him catching a lot of passes. And, you know, maybe he doesn't rush for touchdowns. Maybe, you know, Chris Olave actually catches a touchdown pass for once in his life. Yeah. Um, (laughs) But, yeah, no, it's, I mean, it's a a great spot at home, smash play, and he's honestly looked great, so. Yeah, love it. Um, Moving on to wide receivers. Schluter, I'll let you take it away once again. Yeah, so I did the double up. So I got uh, downs for 5,200 from Minshew. So hopefully that combination goes and stacks me some points. And then I laughed this next pick uh, for 6,300. I did a lave. <laughs> <laughs> of course, I just traded him away. So I'm either going to be happy or sad. You know, I'm, now I'm happy it's, either it's way. The it's the hedge. It's the hedge. So I got a lave on there for 63. And then uh, I went real cheap with uh, Jaden Reed for 3,600. Oh, wow. I didn't realize it that low. No. Uh, 
I also keep following who had downs uh, as for my stack, but I I mentioned it. I, ju- I took him in the rookie redo, uh, redo draft, so I love downs again. Fifty two hundred. Uh, him and Pittman have been getting pretty high targets. I was I was going back and forth between who to put in the lineup, but honestly, I feel like Downs has uh, the safer floor at least when it comes to targets um, than Pittman. Pittman obviously can blow, but Pittman also isn't getting uh, the deep targets as you want. I think he had like a, a Got how many? I think he had like eight receptions for like forty yards or something last year. Uh, last week, excuse me. So uh, down seems like he's uh, a little bit more slippery right now. So I went with him. Um, I went paid up a bit because I, I needed to have someone who wasn't a, uh, a, a rookie cheap wide receiver and went Devonta Smith at seventy one hundred. Um, I feel like that Philly Dallas game is either going to be a, uh, a defensive struggle or going to be a highlight reel there. And I think Devonta. Um, it has a lot of opportunity uh, to kind of going up against the secondary corners and uh, against and with Dallas to, you know, get a nice touchdown. He had a bounce back game last week and wide receiver three at $4,000. I mentioned him briefly before, but Demario Douglas, I think uh, has a lot of opportunity um, for new England. Um, and he's been getting involved. The team seems to be hyping since the preseason there. So, with Bourne going down and Parker potentially in a concussion, I think there's a lot of opportunities this week against a defense that just lost their two best rushers, Ed rushers in uh, in Washington, the Commanders. So Mac Jones may have a little bit more time, uh, not having a run for his life because he doesn't have as much talent chasing him. So I think Demario Douglas is a good value there at four thousand dollars. Yeah, they've gotten some uh, offensive line help back over the last couple of weeks, which I think is kind of contributed to their looking less like a piece of shit offense, you know? So if, if that all kind of comes together, then uh, I like Douglas there. Why don't you uh, tell us yeah. who you got, you? So for me, um, obviously, obviously, uh, as you can probably expect, I went with the Dak Prescott CD Lamb stack, $8,200. Um, like I said earlier, he's been the focal point of the offense. Big game. I expect it to be tightly contested. These are the games where you lean on your guys, and I just expect him to get a ton of targets and uh, hopefully get in the end zone. That would be great. Um, next, I actually have the the number one wide receiver lately for the New Orleans Saints, which is my man Rashid Shahid. I love that. I had him in my line a few times as well. <laughs> I actually really like the upside there. I mean, look, like it, it just seems like he's got more chemistry with Derek Carr right now than Chris Olave does, and even if he kind of doesn't need a ton, right? Even if he only, like, I think last week he had two catches and they, he was over 100 yards. So um, I really liked what I've seen there. So let's let's go for the uh, the upside play. And then uh, number three, I'm going for Jahan Dotson. He's been heating up the last two weeks. I'm not 100% certain Curtis Samuel's going to play. He's dealing with a toe or foot. He needs another look. He didn't practice today. I, I mean, honestly, like, if he plays, then so be it. But I just uh, – it's not – the play isn't totally anchored on Curtis Samuel not playing. I mean, Dotson has had I have like 16 or 17 targets the last two weeks, and he talked about earlier. He looks a lot better. But if Samuel's not out there, I like to play even more. Yeah, and I'll jump in. Um, I also had to get a piece of that Dallas offense, so I went with CeeDee Lamb as my wide receiver one. Um same thing Joe said. I feel like he's going to go crazy this week. I also, you know, the Eagles defense against wide receivers is ranked like 32nd, I think. So should go crazy. 
My wide receiver, too. I actually went with Adam Thielen. Another day, another, another seven catches. Guy just catches passes week after week. So a lot of targets there, and uh, I think he's going to get at least seven catches again. And then uh, my wide receiver three, I actually went with Nico Collins. Sort of a a boomer bust pick, but uh, shrouded his worst game last week, so his numbers weren't great. But before that, Collins has been doing pretty well, and you never know. He could go off, and um, yeah, those are my three. I dig it. I dig it. And and Schluter, uh, your final tight end flex and defense, what do you got? All right, tight end was obviously easy. Best tight end in the game, Mark Andrews. <laughs> that was uh, definitely the first person you put in your lineup. <laughs> well, easy. So he was 6,800. And then uh, I really hope this pans out with all you Cowboys. So I got Tony Pollard was going to get three rushing touchdowns mm-hmm. for uh, 68. And then the defense uh, going against a rookie QB. So I picked Atlanta. All right. Going Aaron. That's, no. good. That's good value. For uh, 3700 How about you, Jeff? Yeah, so for me, tight end, <clears throat> I went with the old uh, triple stack. Went with my man, uh, Ferguson. Uh, Ferguson's Ferguson been good. Yeah, I mean, honestly, uh, he's had mostly hits this season uh, relative to misses. I think, actually, two weeks ago, he had one, uh, maybe one of his like bigger dud games with zero catches. And then uh, last week, he was back. Uh, four receptions, 50 yards, back in the end zone with a nice touchdown grab. So um, Jake Ferguson, a tight end. Uh, flex, I went with Chuba Hubbard. Um, I honestly, again, uh, Indianapolis' defense has not looked promising. Hubbard got a bunch of carries inside the 5 and the 10 last weekend, just didn't convert them. And unfortunately, as someone who owns Miles Sanders, uh, it just doesn't seem like he is um, really a huge part of this offense right now. Uh, Hubbard looks good. He's been uh, getting the predominant uh, carries. So uh, for $5,000 as a flex start throw, maybe he rushes for a touchdown. Uh, I like I like Hubbard. And then for my defense, I literally went to the cheapest option on the board. I scrolled all the way down to the very bottom for $2,300, and I took the New York Giants uh, at Vegas against the aforementioned Aiden O'Connell, who uh, I think stinks, honestly. I mean, he's yeah. he's – He's not great, uh, and the Giants' defense has low-key looked great the last couple of weeks. I mean, they, mm-hmm. they after giving up 30, 31 points to Miami, they gave up 14 to Buffalo, and then uh, 7 to Washington, and then, you know, basically 7 in uh, all but four quarters to the Jets this past week, so... The Giants' defense appears to have kind of turned a corner. They look like they're playing great football. And for $2,300, I think that uh, is a lot of value. So, no, yeah. That's great. I didn't even scroll down that far. Oh. That's great. Yeah, it's <laughs> great. I, uh, I'll, I'll jump because I have a couple of same you just mentioned, Joe. I, I, uh, I went bottom of the barrel, 2300 Giants as well. Uh, just too good a value for – it just seems like a safe one. If, if Aiden O'Connell somehow carves up a defense that Josh Allen couldn't carve up, I'd be shocked here. Granted, there's no Leonard Williams anymore, but I, I still think it's going to be a strong defense. I also had Jake Ferguson at tight end as well. I've liked what I've seen at $4,000. Seems like great value, and I do want a little bit more pieces of that game. Uh, but you may have noticed I've had a lot of cheap options um, in my uh, lineup because I wanted to pay up here. And at my flex, 
I went Saquon Barkley here. Granted, he just picked up questionable tag, and we are recording this on a Wednesday night, uh, and we can't change our lineups on any news. But uh, I feel pretty confident that he'll be able to play still and going up against the the Raiders as well. Um, with Daniel Jones coming back from injury, I think they'll still give Barkley a pretty healthy workload. And I just really wanted to get a three-stack of running backs that I think could all finish in the top five to really give me a leg up here. So Jake Ferguson, and he's at 7,900, so I paid up for that. But it's uh, Jake Ferguson, Barkley, and Giants D. How about you, Ryan? How do you round out your lineup? Yeah, so Dave, you're going to love my tight end here. I had to save some money. I was out of cash. So I actually went with Logan Thomas. Uh, he's a great call. I flexed him in the, in the first line. Yeah, I, uh, I think he could be a solid pick, although I also just saw that he has a questionable attack. So hopefully he plays. But uh, yeah, I went with Logan Thomas. And then Dave, you touched on this as well. In my flex, I went with Mario Douglas. Same mm, nice. reasons. Kendrick Bourne tore his ACL. Parker's in concussion protocol. Someone has to catch the ball. Just hopefully Mac Jones can actually get him the ball. Um, and then for that same reason, on defense, I actually went with the Commanders. Um, playing the Patriots, feel like it could be a bit of a mess there. So felt like I could get some value there that New England just doesn't have that offensive firepower to hit big plays right now. All right. I dig it. Well, Great lineups. Again, I'll probably win, but uh, there's a good value and effort from you guys. I appreciate it. Um, but with that, obviously, we touched on a few games based on our lineups, but uh, any other closing thoughts that you guys have for uh, for this upcoming week? Well, I'll just be paying close attention to Jaron Hall, see how he does starting and how he handles everything. If he can hold off Dobbs, I'd be happy because I picked him up, you know, off waivers. So that'll be a win for me in Dynasty if he, if he can tear it up. Right. Yeah, a lot of uh, new quarterbacks to check out this week, so I feel like that'll be interesting in general. And then in terms Not of the good ones, but new ones, well, we don't know yet. We don't know yet. Um, but in, in terms of our league, we have uh, the number one and the number two playing each other. Adam and uh, Croak's team playing each other, so someone's going to lose, which is uh, great for the rest of us. Uh, I have the same record as Croak. Please. Uh, uh, he's got a few more points than you. <laughs> yeah, just like 200. It's fine. Um, yeah, I mean, as far as the NFL go, I think that the marquee matchups, you got uh, the Bills back in Cincinnati since the Hamler incident uh, last year. So that see what spectacle the NFL puts on for that because you know they're going to milk it. Uh, but it'll be interesting to see how the, the teams react for that. And there are a lot of other ugly matchups, but 930 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. I uh, got Chiefs at uh, and Dolphins playing Frankfurt, Germany, which is, in my opinion, the best game of the week. Uh, be a fun way to start the morning, having a coffee with my kids jumping on my head, watching some NFL Sunday. So uh, remember to wake up early for anyone who happens to listen to this on the West Coast, which I hope we're growing our audience, which I doubt we are based on the metrics so far, but that's what it's, we're doing okay. Um, make sure you set your alarm class early for that. But with that said, boys, I think it's another good part. It was a long one. We got a lot of content in there. I hope everyone listening, if you had to split it up. But enjoy. Scooter, thank you for joining. And uh, thanks for listening to NSFW Dynasty Podcast. And those great. SFW Dynasty Podcast. Tune in next time.